Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. Live from the BOD studio, it is playing and slaying. We have an action-packed episode 15 coming at you tonight. We're going to start off with talking about what we've been playing, albeit not much, buying, I think, a lot, and hobbying a fair amount. So we'll start with that usual uh, bit. Our main topic tonight, I've asked the rest of my friendly hosts to come up with a elevator pitch for a movie. Uh, the movie must be based on a game, and we'll go from there and hear everybody's elevator pitch. I've even drummed up one that I'll, I'll share. And then we will do a play it or slay it review of Gaslands, the miniature car game of Carnage, uh, published in November of 2017 by Osprey Publishing. So that will be what we do tonight, but be- before we begin that, we have to talk about what kind of beverages we're drinking because when you are playing and slaying, it is important to stay hydrated. Josh, what's in your uh, what's in your cup tonight? I've got a velveteen rabbit or velveteen habit. Sorry, um, by Alice. I'm not, not, sure not, not a rabbit. Not yeah. a rabbit in your bottle. <laughs> velveteen habit. Josh is going to pull a magic Aylis trick out where he pulls a rabbit out of his beer bottle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is an uh, IPA. Uh, with Citra and Cascade. Uh, it's super good. I'm a big fan. Those are two of my favorite hops. How about you, Troy? What are you drinking? I am. I pulled something out of the um, the vault, I guess. Fridge? Is that what they're calling? Yeah. Um, leftover. I still have a couple of them leftover. Is Dragon's Delight from Sun King Brewery, the Gen Con 50. Bruce, there's just a couple of these left. I know there's one still in your fridge. This mm-hmm. was, I think, the last one in my fridge. And then we're only 112 days from Gen Con. So. Only 112? That's what my little calendar says. Wow. It's pretty close to be disappointed again. Yeah. Well, pretty soon. We are coming up on uh, event registration disappointment day. I don't know. Sometime in early May. So mm-hmm. we might we might have an episode or two to build up to that. But mm-hmm. So just yeah, get ready. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Tyson, what do you got over there? <laughs> well, Josh, I'm drinking a bottle of quality, uncompromising and unchanging since 1855. Some of Frederick Miller's finest, Miller Light. Fantastic. Did I sell it? Do you want to? You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's right off the label. That's. I almost yeah. want to drink it. Yeah, it tastes like water. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, let's begin. Indeed. What have we been playing? Somebody here has been trying to play with dominoes. 
king yes. domino. Yes. I think I was like the last one of the party because I think everybody, all you guys said, hey, this is a really good, good kind of uh, starter game, gateway game, king domino. Uh, I think it's, is it blue orange? I think that. Blue orange. I think it was Spiel de Aris. Yeah, it's got some awards on it. Um, so I broke it out with uh, family um, when we were, I was up north um, and we played a couple of games. I don't know. The only really fun game, simple, got through, although it, we had to play it twice because I got the rules wrong the first time. I think we, and I I don't want to say anything about the rule book because I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it was totally me and not reading the whole thing in terms of how, but it's, you know, the quality components, you know, big domino type pieces. And in the end, the goal is right, is to match up the different Gotta build land types and kingdoms. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't flip over the last page that shows you the different types. Oh. And so we we made up how they match the first game. And then we're like, this doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, look, here's, you match these, these are the sets and the water goes together. And so we kind of had a variant that we created that first game. <laughs> so, uh, but it was fun. Yeah. We played a couple games because we played the, the first one wrong. Um, with I think uh, we had one teenager and then Mandy and I, so and it's good. So I would recommend. I mean, fifteen minutes. I think that game was it. I don't know what, what the price is on that. Thirty it's, bucks it's maybe. Not bad. It's not maybe too bad. Twenty five. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know. Have you guys played Queen Domino? Right? Isn't there an, a, another I, one out there? I haven't played Queen Domino. I yet. think it's got another. I think it's a little bit more complex. Right? It has like another set of rules in there or something. Yeah. But, it's like a standalone expansion, though, right? Can is there a combination? That yeah, can take no, no, we should sound like we'll we're knowledgeable. Yeah. So, but we would recommend. I heard good things about both those games, so I think that's the next thing to check out. Is the but uh, I would recommend King Domino again as a gateway game. You don't need to be a gamer to play it out, but I think gamers will enjoy it. it and it it's has, a filler game. You it has 15, the depth in choosing how you're going to mm-hmm. act, and do I want to grab a crappier tile to have yep. first priority? Maybe. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of choices you make. Yep. And there's some variants that add a, a degree of difficulty in how you allow yourself to set up your grid, your five by five grid. Yeah, because yeah, in the scoring, there's um, some of the dominoes have the crowns, and that's the whole. You have to get a crown into one of the colored, you know, colored areas, and then you just in the end you just count out how many squares you have times it by the number of crowns in that area, and that's the number of points you get. But yeah, like Ty was saying, there's a there's some strategy and some thinking about how do I maximize the amount of crowns and, and tiles that I get to pick. So, Yeah. Cool. That's a fun one. We did have uh, an epic night of Gaslands. We won't talk mm-hmm. too much about Gaslands <laughs> since we feature it in our Play It or Slay It, but it was nine players. Yep. Yep. Uh, most people had two vehicles or more, and I think we got through two turns. I, I think so. Yeah, mostly. mostly. Yep. And not two like <laughs> turns of a race. I mean, yep. like two game turns. Right. Yep. Yeah, we were very far from the finish line. Mm-hmm. But, but the good news is I think you... Well, we'll talk about it. Even in those two turns, we probably had a good 25 to 30% carnage. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. People, yeah. people were getting blowed up. <laughs> people were getting blowed up, shot, ran in the walls, flipped over. It's pretty good. It's pretty um, good. And then uh, I've been doing a, a fair bit of, of role-playing over the last year, and I, it's been a while since I really gave a uh, status of Dark Milwaukee in our mage campaign. Things are getting interesting. We've gotten back to the Library of Atlanta, so one of those quest arcs that we've been kind of chasing forever, we got back. However, we're sharing it with some very bad people. 
Uh, one of them is my character's ex-wife. She's terrible. <laughs> um, What's her name? Uh, she's a Duchess of the Fae. Okay. Duchess, the Duchess Galena. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the the house. She is terrible, the worst person in the world. And and now we are uh, we are very high high powered characters in a very high powered world. So we are constantly on the edge of certain death, and somehow we we hang in there. Tom's character and my character are at odds. Uh oh. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like uh, it's kind of like in. Civil War, when mm. Captain America and Iron Man are against each other, we're we're squaring off. There is some bad blood right now. Lack of trust. Whoa! <laughs> Do you guys like not even game in the same room? Does Paul have like two different no, rooms? We, like we he wants right, people in the living room, some people are in the dining room. <laughs> we sit right next to each other, and it gets a little tense mm-hmm. when we're we're role playing because. I'm yelling at him, and he's like, "Stupid! You're so stupid." I'm like, "I'm not stupid." Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> and it's like, is it time at it, Tom, or is it characters? Yeah. It's characters. Do you guys have little signs like the flip up? <laughs> no, we've we've like, had some I'm good... in character, not character. <laughs> we uh we stay. So that's the one great thing about the group is the role playing is always cranked up, um, to a, an extraordinary level it gets pretty tense at times and it's just a lot of fun but we've gained the library back we are uber powerful like so sphere magic and mage you're a master when you have purchased five dots and it takes a long time a few of us are double masters now in multiple spheres of magic so we can do some really off the wall crazy acts of reality bending so it's getting pretty fun and rumor has it we might play D and D again soon. Yep. Yep. More on the next episode. So I'm stay tuned. I'm tempted to like I, I feel like we should bring Paul on and and quiz him on this thing. So I've all kind of, like as you guys are at your do you guys see like an end of an arc and maybe like I said these questions may be better for Paul like as you guys get super high level and do you see it like just continuing on or do you see like hey the, we're going to end this campaign. It's time, is you, maybe not for a while yet? Or I, I think the way that the storyteller system works is we're coming up against powerful enemies and we're just starting to understand where we fit in Milwaukee's power structure. Mm-hmm. But then you think globally and there are these organizations that are so powerful and overarching and these spirits that are so ancient and, you know, godheads and different realms mm-hmm. that we we're still not able we think we're powerful and then all of a sudden something comes along and And puts us in our place and says i've been doing this for millennia how dare you after (laughs) three years (laughs) think you can you know dabble in these waters so um i think the way that the game system handles power is that it's it's ongoing and there's still a lot for us to do um as arcs you know come and go new characters are introduced new evils like we spent several game sessions where I had gotten involved with this she, uh, daughter of a duchess, and then you come to find out the machinations of that family, why they drew me in. You know, there was an ancient family curse, and they needed a offspring of a mage and a face. So it was almost like I was lured in and fell trapped to this crazy intrigue dance that is the, the fey world. And I did. I mean, I was <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. My, my character was like, yeah. She wants to be with me. Awesome. <laughs> Don't trust them. No. No. No, my character has a bad past with everybody that he thinks is 
a friend or nobody nobody ends up being trustworthy well it sounds good so it sounds like we'll continue to get mage updates yeah until, the foreseeable future. until my character dies again 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 <laughs> so yeah role-playing games it's been a lot of fun uh next episode for sure we'll have a recap on uh dungeons and dragons too because that story has sat in uh kind of this out of season hiatus for a while but now as schedules allow we're going to get back to to some game sessions yeah we're gonna have to have a whole session that's like last time on and then ty's gonna tell some story for about two hours to with us to remember what actually happened right last time yeah played. i mean the, the good news is is you're still in the same vampire lair so mm-hmm. it won't be too hard to <laughs> get you guys back into the action all right so playing um next thing we've made it to adepticon we talked about that uh how our hobby progress was i don't know about you guys but i've continued the hobby momentum a little bit into post adepticon as i look i have three tournaments in the next 90 days so it doesn't stop for me i have uh, a lot of age of sigmar stuff on the the table um trying to get two different death armies ready for nashcon first weekend in june down in nashville tennessee you have like 50 days i think Yep, yep, fifty days. But the army, I have an army if I need it. So this is all just if I if I can get it done. What would what is, be really cool is Nashcon? The, what's the one that has like the two army? Yeah, so Nashcon being run by David Griffin, um, he's a a big part of the Age of Sigmar community. He does a tournament in which you bring two different lists within the same Grand Alliance. So as long as both of my armies are death, I can bring two totally different 2000 point armies nothing has to be shared it's not like a sideboard you get the mission you figure out who you're against and then you choose uh which which list you're bringing to that game so you have both armies with you and you do you know and okay i I thought i heard you actually have to play at least one game with each yep yep which you is must, cool. Which is different play. than like what I did at like I think when we did the gentlemen's like you I you could have two lists there, but there was no like requirement of ever having to play another list or anything like that. Yeah, so I'm uh <laughs> I'm I'm working on a night haunt list, which I know I, I may have railed on the, the show about how night haunt isn't competitive anymore. Uh, with the new death book i don't know how in in depth i got to that but it's really not um because you lose a lot of the benefits of the book but i'm working on a kind of counter meta night haunt list that i think will be pretty fun and then i ordered four zombie dragons from mini stomp and i want to plug mini stomp real quick i don't know if we talk about him enough but um i'll get to him um, too so (laughs) (laughs) i put in an order for four zombie dragons well four flesh eater courts start collecting boxes that get you the zombie dragon so if anyone needs 80 ghouls i now have 80 Mm -hmm. crib ghouls oh wow uh on sprue but mini stomp um our club we're putting on the bruce city brawl and uh bryce reached out to him about terrain because we're doing a, a charity raffle for a local charity and he uh, he threw in some of his own money, gave us a huge hookup on a bunch of different train kits and stuff. Um, and he's always got a great price, and he's easy to reach on Twitter. Mini Stomp, I we'll get some details in the show notes, but he's mm-hmm. become the the source of our <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our mail order uh, GW product. Yeah, a little addiction. It was funny. He sw- accidentally swapped one of the Shadespire boxes. He's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. We'll fix it." Um, let me just, let's throw on your next order. And of course I had a next order already kind of in the, in the queue. So that was cool. And then for some reason, 
Um, he was running some deals on Twitter, but you'll see a lot of times he's just trying to move some stuff that he might have that, uh, and there was some gene sealer hybrids. And for some reason, Ty's like, Hey, Troy, did you see this gene sealer hybrid stuff? And yeah, I did. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, Hey, by the way, can we just throw that stuff into the order that we have again? <laughs> totally accommodating. He's like, sure. No problem. Let me re- kind of recalculate and I'll send you a, an invoice uh, later today and super fast. So, and good communication. Was actually had some Forge World stuff in this order, and he's so he's like, "Hey, should be in on Wednesday. I'll let you know, and as soon as I'll ship out your rest order Wednesday." So again, good communication, good prices, and unlike a, a lot of other GW, GW mail order stuff, if you a lot of times it's just asking like this. I was it was the um, the Escher gang um, Forge World their extra weapons. Oh yeah, kit, and I'm just hey, can you get a hold of this? And he's like, hey, yep, guess what? We got some, I can get a hold of some of that stuff. Um, so a lot of this limited edition stuff that you usually can't get through some of the other mail order um, GW outlets, just reach out to him. Sometimes he can get it, sometimes he can't, but a lot of times he has he has sources that you can get it to. And again, at decent prices and and uh, fast delivery. So yeah, we he's our uh, he's our good our dealer. <laughs> yeah, when when I'm not buying in, in at the local shop, I'm I'm buying from him now, and it's uh, it's just cool that he's uh, he's a really great guy. He was at the, I wish I had, I didn't get a chance to meet him at Adepticon, but right. I think he was playing in one of the turn the Sigmar tournaments, and he's just a Midwestern guy that yeah. is uh, it's good to support. So hobby is definitely purchase or purchases hobby. <laughs> I'll answer that now. So <laughs> I know we started talking about what we're building, but I've got the desk stuff out, and I'm working on some terrain pieces. I'm doing uh our, our theme is kind of like this death swamp. So we're going to have some crypts and graveyards and cool, like cathedral stuff. Uh, the guys from Milwaukee Twitter has had a lot of the different updates and stuff. So working on some terrain, working on some zombie dragons, that's, that's what's on my hobby table. And then every so often I'm putting metal pieces on the matchbox cars and spray painting cars and <laughs> taping off windshields and putting bullet holes in side panels. Awesome. So, so I've been, since a new Necron Codex showed up while we were at Adepticon or right after, right after, or whatever, oh, yeah. at Adepticon, and the, I think I talked about the Forge Bane box, I might have bought a couple of those and gave some stuff to Ty and whatever, so, <laughs> uh, so slowly but surely been at least breaking open and starting to build up the Necrons and getting the, uh, the race, starting to build up race, because race, they're back, they they had kind of neutered them in the index and now the new codex they're back. So I think I'm just going to, and I was running a lot of the old metal ones. I had a lot of old, um, and now I'm kind of like, all right, I'm just going to revamp, rebuild. And the new plastic, uh, race are pretty awesome. Yeah. And they, those are really cool models. So that's kind and of the cryptic or whatever. Yeah. That's and, a cool, uh, yeah, cool looking guy on the little surfboard. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Right in the scarab, the scarab surfboard. So slowly but surely putting those guys together, so that'll be that. And then the, in that box too is the Armager mini mini uh, knights, wow, war glaives. So I, I haven't quite. I've just kind of pulled out the sprues and started to I've like looked at those sprues. Yeah, because they look like they're just gonna be fun to build. So I'm like, it's one of those ones where I don't know when I'm gonna play with them, but I think I'll. Uh, my guess is they'll just up. get built. Yeah, they're yep. just gonna get built in the next week or two here probably. So that's cool. Josh, have you been doing any hobby? Yeah, well, so uh, purchase is hobby, right? So um, <laughs> it is this month. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I bought the Gaslands bundle. So it was the signed rule book and templates and counters and uh, the gear, the gear dice. So 
Um, kind of excited to get that. And then um, I was looking around to trick out some of my Matchbox cars, uh, which I purchased on Amazon <laughs> and stole from my son a few, but shh, he doesn't know. And so I was looking around to try to find some cool guns and armor, and I found Stan Johansson Miniatures. Um, he does uh, metal casting, and he's got a lot of cool stuff for lots of different uh, a lot of different games, and uh, he had like a quote unquote Gaslands bundle. Yeah, so it was like guns and turrets and armor, like all kind of bundled together. And so yeah, I, I got a bunch of that stuff. And he actually threw in some extra stuff. He was like, "Hey, you know, I I, I see that uh, you guys are playing Gaslands, so here, check this out too." So it was like a guy with a a turret gun, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, sweet, awesome." And so, yeah, uh, like Ty, I'm, you know, I've started trying to figure out how I want to build these out nice. and add them to stuff and whatever. So, um, and then uh, I got my both my airbrushes from Ken at uh, Badger Airbrush uh, for his his birthday sale. So um, now I, I need to dive in head first and figure out how these things work. And Shh. right, yeah. Shh. <laughs> and I think I'm going to use Dr. Gabe's advice right. and, and do the CO2 tank yeah. thing because I already have the CO2 tanks from uh, oh, brewing. brewing. So, um, and I actually have a spare one because I always, I always have a spare for if I run out, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want people to not have beer. So um, I'll use the spare one for my airbrushing. So. Yeah, you just need to get the regulator so you can regulate the pressure, and that's how when we did the when I did the class at Adepticon, that's what they did. This is we had all big CO two tanks, um, and it's a little bit when we had like we had like two or three, maybe we had four people on one tank. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if everybody's spraying, you had a hard time keeping the pressure up. But one person, yeah, you're going to be great. And I know, like, yeah, Doctor Gabe has had no problem at all. And, yeah, and, and uh, it's a lot quieter than trying to run a compressor all the time so right well and and having uh two airbrushes like i'm thinking i could run to the homebrew store and get a double gauge so that i could actually have two on the same tank you know right just get a quick release yeah well that too yeah so. <laughs> but yeah I, i'm just thinking ahead yep. you know like being super nerdy I, I, or you could go double-handed right Maybe yeah that'll be yeah. once it gets super good mm-hmm <laughs> Which will be never. <laughs> I bought a dry brush and some paint brushes. Nice. So I think if you if you like blow while you're paint, you could pretend to I'll be never, airbrushing. No, I'll never airbrush. Pretend to be airbrushing. Paint by hand. Mm-mm. You just take pigment, blow Old it onto school. the model. Nope, never. <laughs> I'm team never airbrush. <laughs> I'm interested just to try it. I don't. I don't know if it'll be something that. Uh, I'll be cheating. Is it cheating? It's cheating. It's not cheating. Why is it cheating? Because it's, it's so much faster. It's cheating. It's usually not faster when I do it because the brush like clogs and then I have to clean the thing. And by the time I'm done, I'm always like, why didn't I just paint it by hand? <laughs> <laughs> I also took out my Saga stuff. I got a shipment from Footsore because I bought some bases and then their weapons you buy separate. So I bought... It's like a little plastic bag of 25 uh, spears that are like 50 millimeters long and then javelins that are like 30 millimeters long or for whatever the distance, the measurement is. But they're like these little metal steel like needles. (laughs) And the end has a little spearhead on it. 
So, and then um, they threw in, uh, I ordered a Viking character because I'm like, that guy just looks cool. Maybe I'll start a Viking warband with my Visigoths. And they threw in a free Odin because I guess Footsore does when you hit a certain price point on your order. They throw in a, a free mini each month, and Odin was their featured mini. So it's uh, cool. it's pretty cool. Yeah, especially if you're going to do Vikings, that's right up there. <laughs> yeah, the All-Father. He's, yeah. he's probably got broken rules. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I did get on the Gaslands train, and Woo-hoo! I just I think it was like somebody on... Wouldn't it be know. Big Rig? You, you got on the Gaslands Big Rig? Oh, Big Rig, yeah, because there's no train yet in right. the Gaslands. Right. We know of. Right. Right. Um, or the war track. Yeah. The war track, yeah. So, um, again, I found a guy on, I think it was Etsy or something, Thomas Wynn Studios. They had, uh, like, a template set and I don't, and some dice. I think that's what I got for that. And then I noticed, like, yeah, there's, like, a million different people doing little resin parts or metal parts or whatever. And so I just got confused and I didn't order anything yet because I'm like, oh, that looks cool or that looks cool. So... I think I want, to, I want to think about what I really want to do, and then I'll probably order something. So I started looking through my bits box, because uh, a lot of vehicles, you know, the vehicle sprues and the Devastator mm-hmm. sprues, you never use the auto cannons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So auto cannons work out to be almost the exact size you need for a tank cannon, 125 millimeter gun, <laughs> um, and heavy bolters and some of that stuff that you don't use mm-hmm. in your Marines, and then plastic card. Um, I'm going to cut down because that's so easy to look like armor plating like armor with a little bit of green stuff for the rivets. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do for my big rig because awesome. I'm not going to waste money on pewter parts anymore. Now that I have them, I know roughly the size. Nice. I'm just going to cut plastic card down for any kind of plating that I need. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my other, as I was going to kind of look through some bits and see yeah. if there's something I can. I have a whole bunch of work bits that I'm definitely going to snag through yeah a bolt action tank that i have that i never put together some of the old flames of war stuff <laughs> nice um, yeah that's perfect size like some of the heavy machine guns from the mm-hmm. flames of war vehicles work out almost oh. perfectly cool yeah this is kind of uh gas lens uh building out your cars is a, a, definitely a little bit more diy right than yep. than just like putting plastic together so but it is kind of and this it's kind of fun. leads us into our yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the game later, but right. I think what's really cool is like the hobby aspect of it, and but how easy it is to kind of get into that hobby part for people who maybe don't build 40k stuff or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, taking your your matchbox car and putting a gun on it, I think everybody everybody wants to do that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's pretty easy nowadays with all kinds of different options to do it. So yeah, super cool. All right. I got. So that was a, oh, you have more I got, purchase. Sorry, sorry. I was going to go in the Kickstarter. So I have a, a couple really quick. Um, I grabbed a bunch of clear bases from Litco. So Litco redid their um, website recently. So there's 10% off if you go look, if you guys need anything from them. Um, so I went and got some clear, because I've always wanted to do clear bases for either Zombicide. Um, and I'm tempted to try it for Ethereum. I want to see how that looks. Because I think that would be kind of cool. Because the boards are so cool. It's kind of like cheating. Like, I'm just going to do a clear base because then you just have the model kind of thing. So that's an experiment. I'm not sure when I'm going to do it, but that's my plan. And I'll get get back to you guys when I do it. All right. And then finally, uh, kind of an Adepticon purchase was the, um, I actually ordered some weird miniatures. Ooh. So I got, they had uh, the special, um, I can't remember what the name of it was. The Uh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. uh, Memorial. Um or 
version. Um, and then when I was on the site, there's so many cool weird models. I got another some some chick with a sword that I'm like, well, I'll get her too, and <laughs> as a painting project at some point. So I actually ordered two of the Bob Rosses because Mandy's going to want one too. So <laughs> so I got those, and I'm like, all right, well, we'll see that. So going down the the weird path too at some point. You're so weird. All right, just don't start playing Malfo on me. Why? I, I played once. I can't. I don't know. I can't do another miniature game. It's just a skirmish game. You only need like five people. All right. So Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Where often I am a sucker. Recently, I have not been a sucker. I want to. I want to start with. Simon is not getting my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zombie side <laughs> invasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they basically brazenly rip off every sci-fi IP that's out there mm-hmm. uh, and throw zombies into the mix. Adrian Smith? Uh, man, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing it. It looks like hot garbage. Okay. Adrian Smith? It looks like zombie side in space. It is zombie side. It is zombie side. Yeah. I mean, it looks it's like zombie side. It is zombie side in space. I am with Ty on this one. It, it, it looks like it's a money grab. They're, it is a money grab. Yeah. No, nope, they I'm might. Out. They you might take my money. You can't just throw out the name of an artist that I love and think I'm going to throw a hundred dollars at a Kickstarter. Well, I, 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 it's worked before. Yeah, that's it's worked before. Right? <laughs> uh, hate. No, I didn't get in on hate. Oh, okay. Rising Sun. Well, that's a good game. Mm-hmm. That's a spiritual yep. successor to Blood Rage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. Troy, are you already in it? Funded yeah, in I'm 20 already, minutes, I'm so I'm in. assuming yeah, I, I was in hundred dollars of that was Troy. Yeah, was. I was in there at minute 19. No, I, well, <laughs> I was in there at like minute hour, hour 24 or something like that. Yeah, they'll have no problem funding. No, no. Right. It just looked. Yeah, it's. I couldn't. I couldn't stay away from it. It just kind of looked kind of. We'll, we'll the, play. We'll play yours. Yeah, and we'll we'll play it. Some, and because the new board that they have looks pretty cool. Adrian Smith might have also like tipped my hand a little bit. Like, all right, it looks kind of cool. All right, <laughs> and it'll just go on the shelf with the eighty-five other Zombicide games that I have. Mm-hmm. But there is a, a cool project out on Kickstarter. I think it's There's live. a bunch of them. Fireball Island. Fire- yes. The reimagine, re envisioning of the, was it 80s smash hit? Probably. 70s mm-hmm. smash hit. Fireball Island, where you had the plastic contoured volcano and the, the pieces mm-hmm. that you'd move around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Restoration Games, which I think is, is that. Um, I think it's Davio. Rob Davio. Yeah. Yep. Uh, bringing some back guys. some of these old IPs from finding where the rights are, getting the rights, and republishing. So I don't know how much they're going to change it uh, and and maybe work it into today's kind of expectation of a, a rule set or mechanics, but I think they're doing a, a freshening up of an yep. old old IP. Yeah, and it looks like, and they've added a bunch, again, the things like going through the room. I, I'm, I'm, I imagine that they're pulling their hair out a little bit, trying to figure out, do they... You know, because it's one of those one like, how do you not have too many stretch goals, right? Because you're you're gonna basically overcommit to what you can produce and things like that. But so far, they've been adding expansions and new ways to play and all kinds of stuff, and it looks pretty cool. And there's some pretty funny. I've ended up going. I, was, I think I was telling Josh earlier. I ended up going down a rabbit hole and watching some of these videos on it last night as I was doing some research. And yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. And, and I believe it's the guy from. Um, 
game trays is actually did some of the actually creating the plastic inserts yeah so he's done he's i think did the insert for uh, wasteland express and he's a lot of board games are now using him for the kind of the board control um and i think he's the one actually providing the the, the contour and maps yeah. and, and different things that they're cool. adding that's some that's smart but fireball island yeah we're that'll be fun that'll be one yeah. of those just fun to get out yeah. and the nostalgia of it yeah I mean, again, very much it's going to be a um, gateway game, right? You're going to be able to play with family and everybody else. And it'll yeah. people will be like, wow, this is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I remember playing that game. Yeah let's, yeah, let's do it. All right, Troy. I think uh, a few of these are, are yep. ones you found. Um, on going the down, the, yeah, as we go down the, uh, we, I think we in the past we've talked about on this show or previous, um, Grifters is a kind of a, a fun card game that we like. Um, the expansion to that called Grifters Nexus uh, is up on Kickstarter from Indie Boards and Cards is the company. So what what is this ad? What's it change? Um, What's the, the idea? Because so Grifters is it's a weird kind of deck building, hand management, um, almost set collection in a way the mechanic that you put your guys out on missions and then go after the heist and try to collect the rewards. So what does Nexus add? So Nexus is a standalone expansion. So if, even if you don't have grifters, you or grifters. Yeah. You can, uh, get grifters Nexus. So it's standalone. Basically, if you have grif- grifters, it's the original, it's basically going to add more heists and more characters, um, that you can, so it's kind of more of the same. And I think it gives you also some more, be able to add more players. I think you can add another, because I think it's only four in the original. You right. might be able to get another uh, another person out if you have this, because you'll have more player boards. Because one of the unique things with that is kind of you have the, as you play cards, they move through kind of um, on your player board, they have like night one, two, and three. So as you play a card, it's not now not available to you until you play more cards. And then three turns later, it kind of comes back. So again, there's a lot of thinking around and and I think it's and the, most of the cards are dual purpose and like am I using them for the character or some of the um, I think like the, the text on the resources or yeah. kind of thing I don't remember exactly how it works but mm-hmm. um, so a lot of times you've been making choices around okay if I'm burning this card now I'm not going to see it back in my hand until so you know comes through so um, yeah we like grifters uh, and this is kind of yeah more of the same so even if you don't have grifters you can get in on, on Nexus it's kind of the the next generation of it cool. And then next up, I want to hear about Uprising, the dystopian universe role-playing game. So Uprising is, which is interesting, so it's the same universe that Grifters takes place in, which is this, um, the dystopian universe, which is also a lot of the games from indie cards and, or boards and cards. Yeah, I think their big one that people know about is The Resistance. Yeah, Resistance. Uh, uh, I think and then Coup. Yeah. And this is um, the guys at Evil Hat. So Fred Hicks and those guys who you know from uh, Fate. Fate, right. And so they're the RPG kind of experts, right? So they've kind of taken working with um, indie boards and cards to take this dystopian universe, it, which is through all these different games that they've done in that universe. is kind of you know It's got some rich, it's got some background. So I think they've taken that and said, hey, we can really do a role-playing game in that universe. Um, it looks interesting. Um, I think those guys will do a good job. And my guess is it's going to be probably some kind of fate-based system underneath the hood. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of depth to look in there, but um, and you have a bunch of different 
different character classes and things like that that happen in in that. Uh, so you have yeah, like the one at Revolution, Coup, the Resistance, as you talked about. But uh, Uprising is what they're kind of calling the RPG in that universe. So so that's up on. I think it's got. Let's see how many. Yeah, so it's it's got quite a few days to go yet. Probably fifteen there. Couple weeks left when we when this comes out. So cool. So if you're interested in all of those board games or just interesting RPG settings, I would recommend that. Excellent. And then um, I've already gone ahead and I followed the link for the last thing Troy was going to talk about, <laughs> and I'm trying not to go. Oh, this looks really cool. This would be great. <laughs> uh, humble bone, humble bundle. So they often will do PDFs and different eBooks. Uh, collections for a kind of pay what you want yep. um, with different different level of kickers to get other content and everything always goes to a certain charity so what what is the current humble bundle that you want everybody to check out troy so this is hero kids so it's uh basically a young kind of kids uh rpg uh very simple fantasy rpg i think they also have uh if you get into these, whatever the whatever they call it, the bonus level, there is a a space setting or sci-fi setting for the, the RPG. Did but, Adrian Smith do that art? Um, <laughs> uh, let me look. No, that's the that's the sixth expansion that's on here. Is where you get the uh, the Adrian Smith. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but very, I think, and very simple um, RPG. Supposedly you can yeah. play with like you know five four, year old four to ten yeah. is what what it says and it's a 50 page rule book and I, and i think the the whole concept is it's very straightforward and not focused on rules focused on the story that the kids will enjoy so yeah and it sounds like they have different and then if you get into the by the collection like there's an easy and the first one's like and they call an easy adventure so i assume that that's very straightforward um then you get a couple of medium adventures like they call it and then i think in the uh, the bonus, there's what they're calling hard adventures. So I imagine that there was a little bit more involved and closer to maybe a real role. And I would say real, right? They're all real role playing games, but maybe more a more adult level role playing game in terms of the complexity. Mm-hmm. But um, but it looks like it's fun. I mean, that's, I jumped in because for less than twenty bucks, you get a whole bunch of content that you can find something to use with. Before you know it, we'll we'll have all of the kids around a table, yeah, and we'll we'll alternate weekends. <laughs> to run the game one weekend troy can run it next josh can run it yep then troy can run it again <laughs> <laughs> and we'll try to kill them all oh wow yeah. <laughs> hard mode yeah. for five-year-olds tears yeah <laughs> they all leave in tears <laughs> dad why'd you kill my character again i just created another one <laughs> roll another one yep <laughs> no it looks cool so a lot out there, Humble Bundle, Kickstarter, purchasing, hobbying, playing. Uh, there's a few other key projects that I think we, we should touch on. I know, I think Troy was up way too late just searching the internet for for things for us to, to talk about. are cool things. Um, <laughs> so really quick, because I don't, it's dog, dog might, um, who are very high-end wood craftsmen, right? They've done all kinds that you can get dice towers and they think they have a really cool like rpg like binder book kind of thing or mm-hmm. case that you can bring your things in dice cases and, and things pencil and cases they and, yeah. threw out that they have now um and this 
only reason is because I have wooden dice as my Sylvaneth. I actually have a set of kind of cheap wooden dice that I use to play. They have some really cool, like, super exotic wood wood dice. With Some of them have inlaid different kind of material. Um, yeah, if you go and look. And, but, of course, they all, like, you're spending hundreds of dollars or up to a hundred dollars for like two or three dice. So, um, <laughs> definitely not like they're definitely uh kind of trophy yeah, type six, things that 66 with Malachite for $93. Yeah. But here's they're the pretty. thing though. They, they look great. Here's the, here's the thing. There are two different people in this world. There are one that like their dice with numbers. There's another that like their dice with pips. Mm. I see all numbers here and I'm a pip guy. I don't like numbers on my dice. It drives me nuts. I hate seeing the mm. the two or the three. I want to see two dots, three dots. Don't want to see the number. And they're all numbered dice. Interesting. Oh, I did not even notice that. So think about what type of dice person you are and let us know. Because yeah. everybody is one or the other. There's nobody that goes, ah, I don't care. If they say that, I don't believe them and they're lying to me. Are you a type of I don't di- care. Di- die person that... Ty likes or hates? No, I just I don't care. I'm trying to think. I'm really trying to. I'm gonna have to go home and roll dice and then make an opinion. I yeah, think it's because yeah, test out some dice rolls, see what you like better. I think I'm you a will pip. Like I, I think about it is like most of my dice are pip dice, except for like d fours and d twenties and well, things like that. Well, yeah, but that's not what he's uh, talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about, about like the six sided right. yep, cubes. Yeah. I want my dice cubes that have pips. A d twenty with pips would be ridiculous. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, that's what I, I don't I'm know. just throwing it out there. There, there are dice that you use. Yeah. Maybe. I'm yeah. thinking Numbers. from the, the wargaming standpoint, if yeah. I'm rolling a bucket of dice for my 40 attacks. You want pips. I want pips. Yeah. That's funny. You know, in my mind, I didn't. I just brought the page up again. In my mind, they had pips on them. <laughs> yeah. They, I so I guess that, that means I'm a pip guy, right? Until you said that. I had I had in my mind that they were pips. And I, I just struggled to pay $67 no. for three dice with no. a jet lignite stone. But they are they are super pretty. Yeah, they look great. But you're like, I really want a table Mother made out of that stuff, not just some six sided dice. But a again, Arywood D six set, hundred forty one dollars. Yeah. But Dogma, I, they do some really really cool stuff, yeah. and they're definitely yeah. like in the luxury. Like this is if you have some, uh, you know, yeah. extra income and you want to buy something really cool, go look at the Dogmite stuff. Really mm-hmm. good. Um, the other thing that came up, which was um, the guys at Evil Hat, actually, I saw it on there, is something they've been doing for the last couple of years is something called the One Page Dungeon Contest. And it's called, if you go to dungeoncontest.com, there's some really cool stuff. And again, the idea is exactly what it sounds like. It's make uh, like your typical dungeon crawl. And I shouldn't say that because I think there's all kinds of different things in there. But the idea would be some kind of an adventure that fits on one page is actually runnable and and has some cool stuff and you look at the and they have a lot of the past kind of winners and top ones uh, that they show on the site and it's real there's some really creative stuff there because it's a combination of i have to kind of have the game and and the idea of the the dungeon and then there's the kind of the graphic artist um, side of how did you how do you lay it out and make it look really cool on this one page uh, to put out there so i I saw that and I was really interested. I'm like, oh, this would be really kind of a cool challenge, right? And and how do you um, how do you kind of you know skin that and come up with something original? Because there are some really original things. I mean, there are some that are straightforward, like, hey, it is a dungeon and we're going to go through different rooms. Uh, and then there's some really kind of off the wall, a little more abstract. 
ideas on there. So I recommend just checking it out just to see some of the really cool ideas. And Ty's already got his written up. <laughs> I was going to say, do I have to do a page? Because usually I don't. I have like a sentence of notes and then yeah. I just... <laughs> just write really it. big just letters it. and you'll be good. <laughs> All right. So any budding dungeon designers, one page dungeon contest. What What's going on with our friends at Stonemire? So I thought it was really cool um, that they put out kind of the really much behind the scenes in they're always Jamie's always very open with what they're doing. Uh, and he basically did earlier, a little bit earlier this year, beginning of March kind of did a, a stakeholder report or kind of like an annual report of basically everything from their revenue, how many employees they have, like totally transparent on how he runs the company. Yeah. Um, and I think anybody who's interested in kind of the business side of, of games and, you know, I think there's a lot of, again, the internet complains a lot about everything. Right. I think it's one of these. I think that's what his point is kind of like shown a little bit behind the scenes. Like, here's why we make some of the decisions we make around what things, when we print things, why they cost what they cost, um, and and some of the design process. Um, it's really cool to kind of really look behind the scenes and understand everything that goes into these board games that we just kind of you know take for granted. That why aren't they showing up at Gen Con and everything else like that? So yeah, um, no, he goes you, over it in in depth. Yeah, and again, I would recommend if you don't read his blog, everything on his blog is usually interesting in some way or another, um, and just in behind the scenes and and how they, you know, sometimes it's he focuses on you know the game design and game parts, and sometimes it's a lot on the business side and and how he gets actually the games produced and, and in our hands. So, cool stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna spend some time digesting this. We'll definitely get that link up there. And, uh, I mean, his company is doing so great with their, their hits. When you think about yep. Scythe and Viticulture, Charterstone being as successful as it has been. So mm-hmm. he's one of my, my favorites. Yeah, and it's kind of that, right, the, the combination of you, you've got to have good games, but you also have to have some business sense on the other side to figure out how you produce those games. I think we see a lot of companies that maybe have one or the other, and there's a, quite, only a few that kind of have both, right? The, so when, when we come back from a short break, Troy is going to pitch us on Viticulture, a, uh, <laughs> a new movie about winemaking in the valleys of France. Um, that'll be exciting. So, No, when we come back, we'll hit our main topic, which is the movie pitch idea. Uh, maybe it'll be Viticulture or Agricola. I don't know. Maybe we'll see if farming can be an entertaining uh, movie since it's a less than theme-laden game. I'm just thinking about using the plot. What was the uh, what was the wine movie with uh, the guys? Don't you remember? Oh, oh um, sideways, sideways. That's I'm doing. I'm making the sign with my hand, and that's all I needed for Ty to figure out what I was talking about. Yeah, I'm just going to take they the plot from Napa. Sideways and yeah. yeah, and use viticulture. <laughs> Got it. There you go. <laughs> all right, so we'll we'll take a quick one. Come back with our main topic. All right, welcome to my studio office. Here I am, a big-time Hollywood movie producer, ready to listen to pitches from you budding filmmakers. Impress me, and you will be the next popcorn hit of the summer. Leave me not impressed, and you will be on the cutting room floor. Josh, you're up. Asia. 
<laughs> um, okay, so no, my seriously, my movie is based on Zombicide Black Plague. I think that um, mm. I know there's been a lot of zombie movies, um, but this is kind of a new take on it because it's based in kind of medieval times. Yeah. So you're not going to space. I'm not going to space, and you're not modern day not zombie modern day. outbreak, right? But you're in the in medieval times, right? What about magic? What's our CGI budget going to be like? Uh, through the roof through the roof oh oh really okay it's gonna be awesome um peter jackson is gonna be the director he'll be amazing things all right maybe maybe we can uh we can get Mm. him to get a is it weeda the weeda workshop Mm. that does his special effects yeah okay yeah so yeah any of the any of the magic casters will you know have some sweet sweet uh cgi there and you know we could do cgi you could cgi some of the zombie scenes too but oh yeah you know uh but anyway who do we need to get on board for the project so uh to get on board i think you know we need some british actors right okay yeah because it's you know medieval you know britain we'll say yeah i mean harry potter did that right right that worked yeah um so i think emily blunt would be a great actress uh, a great lead actress and Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh wow, that would be fantastic! Wow, okay, in there as well. Benedict Cumberbatch. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. coming off Doctor Strange and all of the mm-hmm. uh, the Marvel world, and then Emily Blunt most recently in A Quiet Place with husband writer, uh, I think director of the film John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. From I Office fame. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's awesome. Okay. Okay, and what's going to happen? Give me what's the like thirty second plot. So uh, I was trying to think what the best plot would be, and I actually kind of harkened back to the the quest I I ran for Nexus about a year ago, and then uh, at Adepticon this year. So it's escape the city. So you're you know you start in the temple, and you need to find uh, the key to the catacombs to get out, and you have to defeat the giant abomination uh before getting out so all right um and and there's also play the abomination Ooh, that's a good question i think i think the hmm the rock yeah that would be good like you could uh really detail them out though like you make them oh yeah super gross and whatever but i thought you were gonna go with andy circus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes you could also do any you know, amazing cgi yeah. uh and and do like a, a crazy cgi uh and andy circus i like that idea <laughs> and he could get an academy award yeah he would be we could we could also uh you know reach out to some of the the walking dead uh special effects folks. oh yeah greg nicotero yeah yeah, yeah. Involved. yeah. okay yeah. okay yeah. you know i i thought maybe we've seen too much zombie but the fact that you want to take it back to Ancient times and swords and sorcery, we mm-hmm. might have something. I'll have my people talk to your people after I hear a pitch from Troy. All right. I got a couple ideas. A couple? I told you yeah, one. I, I had time I, for one pitch, Troy. Sorry, I go. So, Busy studio executive here. So my my first one and you'll, is, is time stories. Ooh. Wow. Okay. So I, I got a, you got kind of an open. So basically, you're you have, going the franchise here. Yeah, I'm franchise. We're gonna have a series of movies, and just think. So I'm gonna have like it'll be like Bruce Campbell, Natalie Portman, Gal Gadot, and Will Smith. They'll be like my like people. Oh my goodness! But see what happens is then if you know time stories, then they jump, 
and they're basically going to jump into like Melissa McCarthy, Zach Efron, Zach, um, Zach Galifianakis, um, in the actual back in time. Mm. Um, but the only problem is I can't tell you anything about the story because it's time stories. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Who's, who's directing? Um, I was going to go Darren Arbnowski, right? Okay, so really kind of time manipulation. Yeah. But again, you could again in the franchise, yeah. depending on what we want, if we're going to go kind of weird, then we have Darren. Just no Zack Snyder. He's not welcome. No, well, sure he can. Zack Snyder is going to do the one, some kind of action. I can't have him on one of my studio lots. There's a legal issue. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you got? All right. So then the other one is um, based on Flam Rouge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so basically, uh, we're gonna we're gonna bike racing sports epic. Bike, yep. So it's kind of we're gonna look at the seedy underbelly of professional, you know, uh, racing. Is this bike like Lance Armstrong biopic? Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like That's if you've exactly seen. It's, no, it's like if you've seen Icarus. Have you seen Icarus? No. No. Oh, I haven't. Okay. The Netflix. Um, okay. I would say, recommend the Netflix documentary called Icarus. Okay. They won the Academy Award this year for best documentary. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna have I think Miles. Teller is uh, okay. He's he's gonna be the cyclist, and it's gonna be about all his how much he had to like dope and get you know drugs and oh, compete wow. to try and yeah. to win Flam Rouge. Troy just did the the shot yeah, in the shot butt, in the butt. <laughs> action. That's exactly what you need <laughs> For to do. Folks just yeah. listening. And who 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 are we gonna have direct this one? Um, that's I'm gonna bring Darren Arnowski. Arnowski, yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah. it's it's gonna be dark. It's gonna be yeah. yeah he's yeah. gonna be all over this. Yeah, in the writing. So, it's requ- so requiem for a cycling dream. Cycling dream. I think. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and I I, I think it's yeah. I think it's just it's right there. Nobody's nobody else is really pitching Flam Rouge. I think as a as a movie. But okay. Huh. I like it. Man, you guys came up with some good ones. Well, I, I had a runner-up. I didn't know we were doing two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, let's hear uh, it. I'm saying it, Well, I the problem this. is I can't really pitch time stories. So. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't flesh out director or, or uh, actors or actresses, or, uh, but uh, Gaslands would be kind of a cool. Like, <laughs> okay. It'd be a la Mad Max. Yeah, right? I'm saying. So, it, yeah. I think we've already seen that movie. It's called yeah, Mad right, Max. Fury right. Road. Fury yep. Road, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Road yeah, Warrior. That'd be kind of cool. That, yeah, that would be. Um, it's always fun to think about what games and what mm-hmm. settings would make good film. Um, I've got one that I think is off the wall, though. I'm going to share. I don't. I don't think either of you will see this coming. I'm going to give you the director and the story, and then we'll see if we get to the game. So it's Quentin Tarantino because I think his mm-hmm. writing is some of the snappiest and craziest dialogue in any genre. So I want Tarantino to write and direct. I want Tom Hardy, Helen Mirren, Emma Watson. And Jude Law. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's going to take place in like a Victorian era mansion. And it's all going to take place in one room. And it's going to be dialogue and images, dreams that flash in the eyes of various people as they get this very seancey spiritual feeling. And it's going to be Mysterium, the, the movie, cool. with those actors yep. and that dialogue. And very see cool. what I you like can do that. with imagery. Mm-hmm. I like it. So I think we shouldn't even release this episode now. <laughs> People are going to steal your right, copyright. 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 Yeah. Just go yeah. pitch yeah. All the other <laughs> stuff that's <laughs> not under the Creative Commons license. Yeah, <laughs> right. Probably. Right. right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So awesome. some some good ideas there. We'll have to we'll have to see if our listeners can tell us what what film mm-hmm. they want to have made. Mm-hmm. 
awesome. That was fun. We'll have to do that again sometime for like <laughs> TV show or, or book. Um, all right. So let's go right ahead. We just touched on it again. Gaslands. Uh, miniature game of car combat, 20 millimeter cars. You can sub in a matchbox car perfectly or any other diecast car of that size um, for a post-apocalyptic game of car carnage. Yep. Um, and, and I'm really calling it the the modern spiritual successor to Car Wars. So if anybody ever played Car Wars back in the 80s, um, this is the... But it's funny, I was looking back at a lot of the old, at the Car Wars rules, and I'm like, like, we tried to play Car Wars a lot, but we usually didn't, like, play Car Wars because the rules are kind of clunky, and, like, in a lot of those 80 games, a million different... Um, charts and if this then this that and, that and it was on a hex like it had a bunch of uh, not hex uh, square grids and to move, move things so there's a lot of ideas there but yeah gaslands just takes everything and kind of jacks it up to nines and we have all the cool what we talked about all the different modeling aspects um, yeah. that that make it cool so so basically let's start with the theme gaslands is post-apocalyptic but what has happened is at some point in the late 90s, uh, Earth colonized, decided we're running out of time on Earth, and they colonized Mars. Over the next decade or so, Mars is where all the wealthy, all the money is. Earth is depleted. Um, the people on Mars decide, let's have our freedom. Let's break off from Earth. And there's kind of this war. They turn Earth into this post-apocalyptic wasteland. Now, there's still plenty of people left on Earth. So what do they do? They capitalize the devastation <laughs> and create a television series that's watched around the, the world in a, on Mars um, for a death race where people can earn the winner of the season earns a pass to Mars where they can live out the rest of their days in peace and harmony with all sorts of money and resources. So in essence, you take the concept of Running Man, the 80s mm -hmm. Schwarzenegger movie where they're convicts fight, you know, running yep. from freedom being watched put it into a car-based game. Um, the f scenario, different scenarios, but the primary one, the first one that the rules focus on is Death Race, where you're trying to take your car. It's outfitted with different armor, equipment, driver perks, weaponry, and survive through a number of gates to make it to the finish line first. Um, so that's the, the theme, quick and dirty. The, uh, the rules, the mechanic that's at play is really template-based movement, very similar to X-Wing. Um, you set your, your gear, uh, and you make a check that's basically a number of dice equal to handling to see how successful you are at that maneuver. Um, and you, you pick your template that you put down. You don't get to pre-measure it all, so there's an element of guessing. And then your car moves along the path of that template. If it hits anything, you resolve a collision. If it... Uh, slides out or spins out and might leave the path of that template early um, and create some chaos on the on the the table um, but if you complete it you then move into the attack phase you check line of sight and range for your weaponry roll six-sided dice for attacks generally a four or better is a success mm -hmm. your opponent gets to make an evade check where sixes are success so it's high carnage a lot of violence very easy to hit someone very hard to negate mm -hmm. that damage and the, and the six siders usually <clears throat> have pips on them <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing with me they do right um 
And then the final phase, you check for a number of hazard. If you have accumulated hazard through risky maneuvers, going too fast, taking damage, you make a, uh, a wipeout phase in which you might flip your vehicle. Um, you might be fine. It slows you down, takes you to a lower gear, and clears your hazard. And then play rotates around the table uh, in a clockwise fashion from the player that had originally won the roll for pole position. Or what did we do? First, uh, most recent accident. Yep. Yeah, right. To determine first player. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the quick and dirty single game. There are rules that add fan votes and audience um, and perks as you find different sponsors and factions for your cars. It moves through the season. But ultimately, it's a very simple rule set, um, but very, very fun on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any favorite bits of the mechanics or rules, Josh? What what stands out to you as one of the, one of the things that you like mechanically about Gaslands? Um, I like the um, I, I've always liked the template movement. So like uh, I always like that in in X Wing. So I think carrying that over into Car Wars is. Well, I mean, it's different companies, but um, Gaslands. Use, Gaslands. <laughs> oh, what did I say? I'm sorry. Car Wars. Oh, I was looking at... You just went... Ten, you typed 20, Car Wars, sorry. You just went 20 years backwards. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so using that mechanic in, in Gaslands is is pretty cool. Um, I, I think that's a, a fun... Especially the, okay, I'm going to pick what I'm doing, and, you know, not be able to pre-measure and put it down, and then, oh, shoot, I ran into some barrels or whatever. Yeah, so. what's, what's funny, too, the rules actually have the... Uh, it spelled out... If you touch it, you have to use it. So right. technically, you're supposed to just leave the templates on the table and not even pick them up to look and see um, potentially mm-hmm. how they work. So if you touch it, you got to use it. Try any of the uh, rules or mechanics that you think work really well for the style of game. Um, I like the the gear. Well, the gears they call them gears, which is a little confusing. But basically, you have six phases in each turn, and then depending on what gear you're in, you get to activate in that that phase and lower so right so if i'm in third gear i get to activate in stage in whatever sections one two and three of the turn yeah which gives a nice and that mechanic you've seen in other way back in whether it was starfleet battles i think some of the uh, Ares games like some of the sailing games and other things like that i think have a similar idea of you kind of have segments of the turn and then depending on your speed you get to activate multiple times so i think it gives a really nice um it kind of simulates the idea simulates of people moving that faster. Race. The faster yeah. you're going, the the more chance you have to to change the game state and yep. do things. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I also think is interesting about Gaslands is as you get into the rule book, the number of options available. Uh, what becomes a game within a game is really outfitting the vehicle. So you have a set cost, and then you look through. A number of upgrades. Every car type has a different price and has a number of hull points and a handling value, a max gear, how fast it can go, um, and then a number of build slots available to add upgrades. So your standard vehicle might have two build slots. If you put armor plating on it, that takes up one, and then you put a machine gun on it, there goes your your second build. So you can't keep adding different things to outfit one car. Mm-hmm. Whereas the war rig has a number of build slots, but it's a higher cost vehicle. Um, and, and I think as you get into that section, looking at the different weapons and what they do, there's a lot of uh, options and, and choice available to the player for how to outfit their vehicle. For sure. Yeah, it kind of adds that um, um, 
hobby element then too, right? So uh, taking your Matchbox car and adding those different weapons, those different pieces of armor, you know, trying to make it WYSIWYG, right? This is mm-hmm. this is my car. This yeah, is what what you cars. see is what you get. Right, right. Sorry, yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Just want to you know respect the people out there that are not hardcore gamers, right, or tech nerds. Or tech nerd. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, like I'm, I'm working on this old 67 uh, Firebird right now that I've nicknamed Red Fury. Uh, <laughs> and I've added armor plating. So I covered up the front hood with uh, corrugated metal and then another armor plate. And I put one side panel uh, has armor. One of the windows has armor. And I've just kind of patchworked it together. And then I put a turret-mounted heavy machine gun on the roof. Um and I put the metal uh, like hubcaps, so it looks like corrugated metal covers the tires to give it a little added protection. Cool. Uh, I taped off the windows and I sprayed it black, <laughs> and I taped part of the red flame work on the side door that's been shot up. But I kept that in touch, so I'm going to paint everything except for like the original cherry metal, uh, cherry red metal. So working on that one, and then an El Camino that I'm calling a pickup truck. I put put a platform on the the truck bed, covered all the wheels, bashed out all the windows, uh, and I'm going to put a tank cannon on the on the back, like fixed to that platform that I installed. So yeah, I kind of like that. El Camino was kind of cool. That's Mm going to be a cool. It's something about the El Camino. Just that it feels like it's yeah, it's the kind of car somebody would be have would have in that right setting. Yep, nothing too fancy and. But definitely, like you know, structurally yeah. sound for holding a, a a big tank gun. And then I've tried to bash some of the cars. I was using a claw hammer because I was trying <laughs> to like smash in panels of the actual Matchbox cars. Those things are so freaking mm. durable. Yeah, I hit I hit one and like basically dented it all the smithereens. <laughs> and another one, I was just trying to get a corner, the front corner, like bashed in couldn't do it i'm like these die cast yeah. metal cars are ridiculously uh, serious business compact i'm using a hobby drill trying to drill through the the door <laughs> panels and i hear the metal just grinding off the top of my yeah. drill i'm like this is ridiculous <laughs> awesome um so yeah some some fun hobby opportunities as you customize your car um i think player count is pretty much unlimited as long as you're willing to take a long time (laughs) Um, there's some suggestions in the rules to do teams and to to limit it so that you don't have too many because at some point cars become terrain and hazards Mm -hmm. more than uh freedom of movement so it it can the more players you have just be aware it's going to slow the game down and it's going to create a bottleneck at certain points Mm mm-hmm we definitely no. ran into that when we played. <laughs> yeah. We played the mega game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was still a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, have, it really was. Uh, I mean, that, we, 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 we all going into it, I think, kind of knew what we were going to end up with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in, in hindsight, yeah, maybe we could have done a couple of things to streamline um, the gameplay and, and get a little further. But in the end, we shot up a lot of cars. We crashed a lot of cars. We, um, you know, got to play um play our, play play the game you know, we all some people hadn't played before right so we all everybody got a taste of it um and we learned that maybe you shouldn't have a war rig and the bunch of cars are all together but <laughs> <laughs> the um now i will say one one of the concerns i have with the game is although there's some weight to it i don't see a high replayability at some point i feel like the scenarios are kind of limited um 
I think it would be difficult to do any type of campaign play. I don't see it uh, being like fitting that that role. I feel this is kind of one of those maybe a good convention game, yeah. good to play every so often. I don't see it being, and this is this is me personally. Maybe you guys think differently, but I don't see it being something I could go and play a Gaslands night every Thursday and play every week. I'd get tired of it in in a pretty quick fashion. Yeah. I- I I think it would be like if you're going to do a campaign, I think there's a campaign there, but I think it's not right out of the rule book. I think you, somebody would have to sit down and create another set of rules around or at least constraints around the vehicles and it, like because it feels a little bit like there's probably some min max like right. opportunities that somebody might take advantage of that. you. So I think you'd really have to kind of lock down. Here's the type of vehicles we're using. Here's the weaponry that you know. You'd have to really, I think, build in repair costs, build some, in like yeah, replacement and, drivers and, or crew as people die. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think you just have to add another kind of campaign layer on top of it. And who knows? Somebody may already there may be stuff out there on the internet where somebody's thought through this. But I don't think you can kind of have wide open and then come and play a semi-competitive, you know, kind of campaign thing. Uh, yeah. Because I, I think some, somebody's going to kind of take advantage. You're, you're, and maybe not even on purpose. They're just going to find, like, somebody has something that, oh, the, it's better than what we have, and how do we, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a weird arms race going on and you know, yeah, things like that. So, I, But I think you could you could probably do it. Yeah, and I don't know about a long-range campaign, but you probably could do some kind of campaign if you just five or six races or races and but and you just all say hey we're all going to have this type of vehicle we're only going to get machine you know we're only going to have certain armaments so that everybody's kind of in the same Mm -hmm. you know maybe it's like the old iraq races everybody has very similar cars Mm -hmm. um and it ends up being you know kind of a a generic but again that takes away a little bit but you could have they can have the similar build but maybe they all look different right so you can still have the hobby yeah uh, and get that i like the idea of a campaign for that but to ty's point it it may i could see it getting old so but it, it 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 lends itself to being cool but yeah and the one thing that and I would say even it just it's bugged me a little bit on the real set i don't know that it even matters um but as i kind of reflected on the the real set and playing is um is I don't know that you should that movement and attack should be tied together because it, it feels like you should only get to attack once during the six. Like your speed shouldn't matter, shouldn't let you fire your gun more often. And right now it does. Mm. Um, so I would almost think about looking at could you house rule a little bit in that. And I think it would make some interesting strategy choices. Like now I have yeah. to decide when am I going to shoot my gun during no, my, I, my my turn i think during the turn that one combat action is is yeah, a, and, a very good idea and it wouldn't be hard to add that change i don't think that change mm-hmm. would be huge to do it but just from a, a simulation because I, I feel like because going faster ends up being a much faster is already a little bit of an advantage now faster and i can shoot more kind of compounds mm-hmm. your advantage where well and if you think about it too going faster and trying to fire a weapon yeah. in theory you you would be should be harder harder yeah right <laughs> that's why you have extra crew yeah, to get there what, so I, that's what been... I will say though as a guy who got up to gear five uh <laughs> i quickly found myself running out of room on the table and my maneuverability was gone because you're given two options you have the long move mm-hmm. or the gentle mm-hmm. turn the gentle turn was not enough of a turn to keep me on the table. Um, and when, you know, it was a half inch, but at those higher gears, you are limited in what maneuver templates you can choose. Mm-hmm. So they, they do a decent job of yeah. mitigating speed by limiting choice right. of, of maneuverability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't kind of touch on, I really like that mechanic too, like how the different, 
how your speed is different and gears is tied to the different templates and the whole hazard mechanic. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're constantly having to manage your, it's really your handling, right? But your hazard, how much hazard do I have? I need to, how do I manage it? And I mean, you can gamble with hazard mm-hmm. to try to shed it, you know, re-roll yep. by picking up a, a hazard or, um, in the fact, anytime you change gear, you pick up hazard. hazard yep. Anytime you hit something, you pick up hazard. <laughs> you're you're basically getting hazard thrown at you every every phase. Yep. So, any other last thoughts on Gaslands, or did we kind of do a, a quick and dirty uh, review of a quick and dirty game? Yeah, anybody fly with a helicopter yet? No, not I yet. I think that would be interesting. We'll try those rules too. I don't mm-hmm. think we've seen those because there are rules for helicopters. There, yeah, there are a gyrocopter and a helicopter, <laughs> which can't win the death race. It has to yep. be the first non helicopter or gyrocopter across oh, the line. Oh, interesting. But yeah, so Gaslands, uh, Osprey Publishing. What is very important to note right now, if you do decide to play it, um, the gaslands.com web store is sold out of almost everything. <laughs> and they put on Twitter today that they will still fulfill orders, but they're back-ordered, and they will ship after May 19th. Oh, wow. So that was Gaslands.com, I think, that mm-hmm. has a lot of the um, the stuff you can order, and they're back-ordered through May 19th. <laughs> um, so it's been incredibly popular as it's picked up some steam on Twitter and amongst uh, miniature gamers around the, the world. Um, but, Josh, are you going to play it or slay it? Uh, I'm definitely playing it. Um I already have uh, cars laid out, and I'm trying to figure out how I want to outfit them. And um, you know, my templates and rule book are coming, as we talked about in buying. So yeah, play it for sure for me. Troy, um, I am playing it. I think I already played it. Like I said, I already bought some templates. Um, I bought the rule book on Amazon kind of as soon as we as soon as we saw it. <laughs> um, and uh yeah i I think for what it is uh yeah it's not a super deep game but a a lot of fun uh entry is super easy like i have some matchbox cars yeah one one thing we forgot to talk about is price point the rules Mm -hmm. themselves uh the msrp on the book is 19.99 20 from osprey directly or you can find it on amazon for 13 14 dollars Um, it has the pages in the back that you can photocopy to make templates or um, tokens, but companies like Death Ray Designs and other places are doing acrylic templates for about $15, and then 5 bucks in Matchbox cars. So if you just out of the box want to play, uh, $25 gets you in. If you want the templates and you want to jazz up your cars, you know, you're still talking less than $100 at the end of the day oh, yeah. for a couple vehicles, fully kitted out and like buy all the the different stuff so the price point is is accessible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure and that's why i'll play it uh because of the price point um it's interesting but i think i'll probably only play it another three or four times and then i'll be like guys come out and let's play age of sigmar <laughs> <laughs> um well, just, I, I just from a time standpoint yeah. i think it'll run its course with me pretty quick I think the the rule set is interesting what i can see is where you build different scenarios with the rule set in mm-hmm. the future where like a, you know, like a con game like hey it's really cool you think of an idea and you're like oh you know some kind of vehicle combat thing and then you're like oh we'll just use the gaslands rule set because that works pretty good so i i can see where that's going to give it a little bit of longevity 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, it's not something we're going to bring to the table probably uh, you know every week or something like that. But I can see it coming back every you know every year or two or something. You know, we put something together. Somebody comes up with some good a good idea or scenario and like hey, let's all throw some cars on the table and mm-hmm. and go. Cool. All right. So around the table, we're playing it. Um, let us know on Twitter. Show us your cars. Um, hashtag playing and slaying gaslands. Hashtag at dot com. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, Facebook, Twitter, show us what you're working on. Let us know. Uh, definitely some cool stuff out there. Um, our game got a lot of retweets and, and different stuff when we, we put that up. So mm-hmm. uh, That's because cool. it was a giant mess. It was, it was a giant mess. It was a giant mess. <laughs> Gaslands, the giant mess. Car racing and destruction game. <laughs> All right. So that has been a relatively action-packed episode. Um, we have just a few news and updates about upcoming events and things we're doing. At the end of April, uh, here in Milwaukee, the Bruce City Brawl Grand Tournament, Age of Sigmar, two-day, five rounds. Um the tournament is currently sold out, but the wait list is empty. So if we have a last minute drop or two and anyone's interested, uh, reach out on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, Brendan Melnick is the, the tournament organizer here locally. Uh, he's on Facebook. He's at hobby underscore bear on Twitter. Um, but let him know. Um, Bruce City Brawl, 42 players right now. Uh, an awesome table one. We're working on the terrain um, that will be raffled off at the end of the tournament um, to support a local suicide prevention charity in the greater Milwaukee area. Um, We also have a 50-50 raffle planned and the bar is adjacent to the room at the hotel. So (laughs) the hotel bar is right outside of the the ballroom that we'll be in. and that is the uh, Crown Plaza Airport Milwaukee Hotel. So 28th, 29th, check it out. We're doing a Shadespire tournament Saturday night, $5 entry, uh, which will be kicking off around 7.30. And then three rounds Saturday, two rounds Sunday. I think I plugged that effectively. You That's did. Good. All right. Absolutely. Let Brendan know. <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> we have any? Do you have any out-of-town celebrities coming into play? Um, I mean, so... The the Michigan guys, they're okay. Brad Schwan, uh at Rellion on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Rellion will be in town. Domus from um, Southern Illinois. A um, couple of guys from Indy that are on, on Twitter. Uh, Mike Butcher, Wisconsin guy. Butcher does some awesome conversion mm-hmm. work and stuff. So it'll be, it's going to be a cool yeah, group. Uh, some really good players coming in the town. Um, and it will be uh, interesting. One, mm-hmm. one thing, too, that we have is a special snowflake award. Yeah. So we have a secret cabal of voters that will be determining because list submission is due uh, April 21st. If somebody brings a list that we deem as a snowflake, so a special and unique list that isn't a beat face meta breaking Mm -hmm. list, it will be reviewed and potentially eligible. Or if a list tells a really good story Mm -hmm. for the special snowflake award, the special snowflake qualifiers, you have to go three and two, three wins, two losses with your list to be eligible and the list will be voted on by a cabal of voters. So we have something like 14 trophies for a 42-player event. They're all really cool. They're cool. Um, different beer-themed. I mean, Brew City. So we have big bomber bottles. We have a mini keg for the champion. Um, some growlers for the best in faction stuff. So lots of awards. Awesome charity raffle. A really good group of guys. It'll be a cool event to come check out. 
makes Excellent. you want to play competitive AOS or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what we do. We try to get get you in. Um, Nexus Game Fair, Thursday, May thirty first through Sunday, June third, at the Clarion Hotel, Milwaukee Airport. Small local con. Uh, some some of us might swing through. Don't know what events, if any, will be running, but uh, we've we've supported the con in the past. Chris and those guys run run a fun show. Um, you know, it's one of those good local ones. Uh, that weekend, myself, I'll be road tripping down to Nashville for NashCon, Age of Sigmar tournament um, that we kind of talked mm-hmm. about. But that's June first through the third, in uh, just south of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, August second and fifth, we talked about Gen Con fifty one coming up. The disappointment. Uh, the disappointment. Yep. Gen Con <laughs> 50, 51. The sellout. No, 50, fifty the sellout. No, fifty the sellout. Fifty one. The disappointment or the hangover. The hangover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see how bad event reg goes, but I'm not excited. I jokingly told. I think I told Matt. I said I think I'm going to just do friend games. Like I'll GM four <laughs> games. I'll do a Starfinder one. I'll do an Outbreak Undead D and D, but only for my friends. It won't be a, a Gen Con sponsored <laughs> event. Um, I think Troy just added RockCon in the fall. Yeah, RockCon is a, very much a miniature uh, game-focused one in uh, Rockford, Illinois. Um, usually kind of the end of October, early November. Usually like a week or two ahead of GameholeCon, which is the other one, other con in Madison that's that's coming up. Um, those are a little ways out. Um, I was throwing RockCon on there because right now I'm planning like that May, Space Hulk may make... Uh, its appearance there because it kind of fits in in terms of the theme uh, again lots of miniature gamers lots of whether it's um you know kind of aos 40k but also a lot of historical miniature gamers and stuff like that so um kind of penciling that in right now is that maybe i may take space hulk there as we're looking for another con because we're not doing it at nexus this year so besides adepticon and we're not doing gen con anymore so just trying to find another spot in the schedule that and that works pretty good in terms of spacing too from a time perspective. Yeah, I think while you're going to RockCon, I'll probably just be flying to Germany. Oh, that's right, Essen, Essen. and that nice. area. And then uh, after Essen, getting back and going right around, turn, turning around and going to GameholeCon first weekend in November. <laughs> so it's going to be a crazy year. I'm looking at my yep. travel schedule and tournaments and cons <laughs> and stuff, and I'm like, whew, going to be tired. Um, but that's what's coming up. Definitely, we will keep you all posted out on our Facebook uh, and Twitter at Play and Slay and Show. Uh, feel free to email any one of us uh, or info at basementofdeath.com. I think any of us at Play and Slay. We have so many email addresses, so many ways to get in touch with us. It's a shame more people aren't talking to us. Right. Yep. But we do appreciate We did some people who commented on our Facebook page. And yeah. We always appreciate it. It's always great to get feedback. Don't know that we're just not uh, talking into the empty airwaves. Right. Um, <laughs> so we do appreciate the feedback again. And as I yeah. said, if you can, yeah. I, iTunes reviews help tremendously into getting the, the podcast noticed. So. Um, again, thanks for your comments, and we hopefully get more. <laughs> yep, definitely. We and, we love hearing from people. And real quick, I just want to say congratulations to Ty for getting engaged recently. Oh so boy, wanted the, to throw that out there. The game of life, indeed, <laughs> indeed. I spun the wheel, moved my little station wagon, and added a, a, a little pink, pink peg, pink peg to yep. the, the car. <laughs> cool. Yep, yep. Thank you. Um, so definitely. Yeah, congratulations, exciting. Ty and Nicole. Yep. So. Without further ado, thank you all for listening. Keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying. 
I'll do actor and actress. And an old guy, or you want a young guy? Mm. Emily Blunt. That's her. Oh, yeah. Emily oh. Blunt. That's because she's on not my British list. Right yeah, now. she's good. I might switch. I'm going to switch to Emily Blunt. That's, <laughs> that's good. I really liked her in that. Um, the. Live, die, repeat? No, no, no. The the sucked. What? Oh no! What this? What was it the? Drum? I cannot. I can't work with this match. <laughs> I cannot. That's it. Pacific Rim was here, but now and live that repeat is amazing. That's not even the name of the movie with Tom Cruise. Yes, Tom well, it's the other. Cruise. It's the other name of it because it. The other name was like used by another movie, so they had to like. You're talking about Tom Cruise, Cruise, where he yeah. keeps coming. Yeah. Yes. No. What the movie is incredible. Name the last Tom Cruise movie that was good. Oh, they're all good. Trick question. None of them. Ooh. Oh, what do you mean? He's what the only guy what doing what decent sci-fi. The first sci-fi. two Mission Impossibles I thought were pretty good. No, MI3 was the best in the series. Was it? And it wasn't even good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say Minority Report. That was hot garbage. But it's a classic. Minority Report. How can you trash hot Minority garbage. Report? How about I was an hour too long in Vanilla Sky? I've never seen Vanilla Sky. I can I can give you that. One. I'm sad you're not recording this because this is gold. He- 